There have been a few Mondays this season where we got together fresh off of a Blue Jays sweep over the weekend, but none were as fun and or as epic, right, as this past weekend sweep over the Boston Red Sox. In the first segment today in the Locked On Blue Jay podcast, we'll certainly get into some Davis Schneider goodness. How could we not, right? My goodness, that was a big part of the epicness this past weekend. But there were a few things, other things that I thought were excellent as well that I thought might be a little under the radar. So I wanted to go over those also. Then in the second segment, we get set for this four-game series at Cleveland. And in the third and final segment, we'll deep dive tonight's pitching matchup. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Craig Ballard, Locked On Blue Jays. Yes, indeed. First season, the Locked On Blue Jay podcast has been around for a while. This is my first season hosting the Locked On Blue Jay podcast. Shout out to Ben Shulman, who was the host uh, just previous to me here. Of course, Ben Shulman off to some huge things now, right, in, in, in the Blue Jay world. So definitely shout out to him. Always take a moment to shout out Dan Shulman. Anytime you can shout out Dan Shulman, you do, right? We're so lucky to have Dan Shulman and, and Hazel May. I'll throw her in the mix as well. We're just so lucky to have these guys, you know, associated with, with Blue Jay baseball. But that, so that's for the Locked On Blue Jay podcast. That's new to me here. But as far as being Locked On Blue Jay baseball, <laughs> that goes back ever since I can remember. Toronto Blue Jay baseball, a big deal for me. It's a big deal for my family. So I certainly thank you. I appreciate the fact that you're taking part of your day to talk Toronto Blue Jay baseball with me. The Locked On Blue Jay podcast, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to remind you that all Toronto Blue Jay action this season available for you to catch on SiriusXM. If you're taking in today's episode on the Locked On Blue Jay YouTube page, hello and thank you for that. I want to say hello to a few new subscribers, Dana Lou and Kelly Smith. Thank you both for hitting that subscribe button. And to the everydayers making the Locked On Blue Jay podcast your first podcast listen every day. Hello and thank you for that as well. I see the podcast numbers growing, so I know you're putting it in more and more of your Blue Jay friends and family members' hands. I really, truly, very, very much appreciate that. To the man, I mean, again, what a weekend, right? What a weekend. A few times we've been blessed, as I said on Monday, that, that we've gotten back together. And, you know, we always finish Friday's shows by saying, listen, I hope your weekends are full of Toronto Blue Jay victories. A few times they've been full of nothing but Toronto Blue Jay victories, but nothing better than what we just saw this past weekend, right? How Not, not just how sweet it is, but the fact that this was, you know, a Blue Jay team that was 0-7 versus the Bo Sox, and this series was right on the heels of yet another pathetic performance, pathetic series by the Toronto Blue Jays against an AL East foe. As remember, the Orioles had just smacked the Blue Jays around as they were coming into this series. Now, yes, David Schneider, we're going to get into the, some David Schneider stuff. How could we not? I mean, how could we not? Are we loving this guy already? How could we not? But I did think there were some you know, other really great things from this weekend that I did want to get into with you and, and make sure that 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 we highlighted and recognized those things as well. First and foremost, and I know he pitched well, he closed out the game on Sunday, but just great to see Jay Jackson back. That's the best news of the whole weekend. That was even better than the Davis Schneider debut. Just the fact that there seems to be a lot of good news, a lot of positive momentum for JR, for Jay Jackson's uh, son and, and for his family. So wonderful, wonderful, wonderful to see Jay Jackson back. How about Alec Manoa's efforts on Friday night? For me, that was... 
one of his top three, maybe top four, but I'll say one of his top three starts of the season. Uh, if, if you're, if you took in the lockdown blue Jay podcast on Friday, we went over that. I really liked his start. I think it was the second start of the season at Kansas city. Didn't have his stuff, you know, per se, but really grinded. I, I just liked a lot of what I saw from Manoa. And remember that Saturday game where Alec Manoa at Yankee stadium stared down Garrett Cole and the New York Yankees. Remember that great game? Well, this one was, uh, I think was up there. I loved what I saw from Alec Manoa on Friday night. How about Jose Barrios on Saturday? Is this guy authoring the comeback player of the year or what? Worst ERA in the league last season. He's top 10 this season. I mean, the superlatives are flowing as well. They should be for La Maquina, for Jose Barrios. And then Sunday, outside of Alec Manoa at home, there hasn't been a worse pitch, starting pitching scenario for the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays than Chris Bassett on the road, in particular, Chris Bassett on the road in day games. He has been lit up in those scenarios. How about going for the sweep Sunday afternoon, 135 Eastern first pitch. That's that's an after, that's a day game. And Chris Bassett was marvelous. I loved what I saw from his sinker on Sunday. Might have been might have been the best sinker. Well, anyway, it was, it was the favorite that I saw from his sinkers so far this season. I'll say that as a Blue Jay so far for Chris Bassett. I'll say that. But wow, the hound was on the mound extremely impressive. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. want to shout out Yanisis Cabrera, uh, Jimmy Garcia, Tim Mesa, Jordan Hicks. These guys all, there were so many bullpen uh, uh, relievers that, that had very good moments for the Toronto Blue Jays over the course of this series. How about some of the offensive bats coming alive? How about George Springer, who the last month has been the worst hitter in the history? I mean, we, we've never seen someone so bad, but this weekend at Fenway Park, wow. How about seven for 12 for George Springer? Is that going to work? Seven for 12, seven hits over a three-game series? Love it. Absolutely love it. How about Dalton Varshow? Dalton Varshow, four for eight. I thought he made some of the better contact, in particular squaring up the ball consistently in this series, as well as we've seen, period, from him as a Toronto Blue Jay so far. So how about Dalton Varshow in this series? Loved it. Brandon Belt. Brandon Belt off Friday. Goes two for four Saturday. Goes two for four Sunday. There's doubles and home runs mixed in there as well. Brandon Belt. Remember the start of the season he had? Remember that April Brandon Belt had? Well, everything since then? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. What a contributor. How about Alejandro Kirk? Alejandro Kirk was on base multiple times. I believe it was six times Kirk on base over the course of this weekend. And then, of course, <laughs> the headliner, right? The absolute show stopper. Have you ever seen a debut? Well, you know what? We, we haven't. We, we, I'll just answer our, my own question here. We've never seen a debut like David Schneider, not in Toronto Blue Jay lore, not in Major League Baseball history lore. He ties the MLB record with nine hits in his first three games. Remember now there was a walk and a hit batsman in there as well. So he was on base left, right, and center in this weekend series, his debut series. Blue Jay fans, of course, really hoping that David Schneider is the added bat that Ross Atkins didn't bring into the trade deadline because it was already in-house. And, and I say none of us have ever seen a debut like this. The last time a, a Major League debut in, in, in an opening series happened like this on the Major League level, I think it was like, I think they said 1938. So none of us, none of us have seen anything like this before. And what impressed me the most about David Schneider he had five at-bats over the weekend where the opposing pitcher got to two strikes against him. He ended up with three hits in those five at-bats. I'm extremely impressed with that. And there's a few instances where he had good takes too, close pitches on two strikes. Was not willing to expand his strike zone. And that's what we've seen. If you want to pinpoint part of how Davis uh, Schneider's been so successful in the minors this season, 
He's not been willing to play the pitcher's little reindeer games. He's insisting on making the pitchers come into the strike zone. And then you see he's got that short, compact swing. He can get the bat to the ball when the pitch is in the strike zone. Absolutely loving David Schneider. Want to take a second here to throw it back. You remember uh, mid-June had Arm Layton from Just Baseball on. And Arm Layton, for my money, is as good a prospect guru as there is in the game. I, I think he's absolutely brilliant. I'm a big fan of this guy's. And at that time, David Schneider was really catching fire. He was getting a lot of people's radars, myself included. So I had arm on. Really, I had arm on. I wanted to talk about the usual suspects in Blue Jay lands, right? In, in uh, Blue Jay's land, the Addison Bargers, the Ricky Tiedemans. But of course, had to bend his ear, had to get his opinion on David Schneider. Let's take a quick second here. It's a couple minutes with Arm Schneider. Here's what Arm Schneider had to say about David Schneider. What I'm so excited is about is listen to the changes he talks about and why he believes that the Schneider we're seeing hitting up a storm is sustainable. Speaking of nothing linear, who that where, where on earth does David Schneider come from? Who who's whose radar has, has he been on? And all of a sudden, an absolute explosion. Who's uh, Nathan Lucas led the the Buffalo Bisons in AAA last season with home runs with eleven. He led the team with 11. David Schneider sitting there with 14 already right now as we speak in the middle of June. Are you kidding me right now? What what can you tell us about this guy, Arm? Does this guy have a future on the big league level? I'm I'm buying what, what David wow. Schneider is selling right now. I'll tell you that. So he has made some adjustments as well. And he he's a good athlete. And you look at the numbers through the minor leagues. This is one of those guys that I think flies under the radar because he's a later draft pick. Doesn't light the world on fire, but consistently puts up above average numbers and climbs. But you know, just doesn't really play his way onto anybody's radar. But then once you put up above average numbers in AAA, people start to pay attention. But uh -huh. the difference is he's doing way more than that, as you set the scene there with some of the numbers. The data backs it up too. A four mile per hour jump in 90th percentile exit velocity, and that that's a big thing that we look at for power because it's not just how much power do you have; it's how frequently are you getting yeah. to that top 10% power and what does it look like? You know, it's one thing to flash that 113 mile an hour homer, but if you do it once every 30 games, not really that great. Schneider's getting into above average power way more consistently. He ditched his former timing mechanism for a toe tap and that's kind of helped him stay back. He really feels good with that. I, from what I've heard, that was something that really helped him. Wow. And we're seeing everything else now shine through. He's always been a guy with a great approach, only a 19% chase rate good back-to-ball skills, good contact rates, and he's hitting the ball in the air. So this is this is a legitimate power uptick from Schneider. He can run. He can play multiple spots. They've had him at left. They've had him at second. Uh, they've had him kind of all over, and he's still just 24 years old. Also a great dude, good makeup. I, I really think Schneider could be a solid kind of utility piece that I think utility has a little bit of a negative connotation. He could hit enough to be a regular, but I think he, he could be that utility speed piece that you know can do a lot of different things for you and provides a lot of value for you on that roster. Coming up on the Lockdown Blue Jay podcast, we'll turn our attention to this four-game series at Progressive Field in Cleveland. Now, first, I wanted to mention that at any you know one time or another, we all need a little financial help. Well, that's why Dave is so great. Dave can get you cash when you need a hand between paychecks and can help build credit by settling extra cash TM advances on time. Dave is a banking app that's leveling the the financial playing field. When you download Dave, you could get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. It's part of Dave's extra cash TM account. Advance the money you need with no interest and then settle up later. Download Dave today at dave.com slash MLB. That's dave.com slash MLB. And you could get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. Download the Dave app or go to dave.com slash MLB. 
For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve, member of FDIC. So go to dave.com slash MLB and get up to $500 in five minutes or less when you download Dave. For terms, visit dave.com slash legal. Now the Toronto Blue Jays conclude this seven-game road trip with a four-gamer here in the Cleve. This is games 11, 12, 13, and 14 of the 17 straight games over 17 straight days stretch that the Blue Jays are in. I mean, every day is no. We've talked. Has this schedule been an absolute beast this season? It's about to get wide open as we get towards the end of August, but right now in a tough stretch as far as, you know, playing so many games. Not as far as the competition. Boston is lowly. Cleveland is lowly. The Blue Jays are 218 and 225 all-time versus Cleveland. The 80s were the late 80s, really 84 to 91. That was really the heyday for the Blue Jays versus the Cleveland, at at that time, Indians. We should say the Cleveland franchise. From those years, 84 through 91, the Blue Jays went 79 and 38 versus Cleveland. My gosh, that's a 675 winning percentage. That's a 109-win team. If you have a 675 winning percentage, you're a 109-win team. I mean, complete domination. My goodness. The Guardians overall are at 54 and 58, four games under 500, but three games over 500, 29 and 26 at home. Now, of course, that 54 and 58 record, well, I mean, the Guardians would be buried in the American League East, right? Buried. But as is with the weak AL Central, they're in second place. They're just four games back. I mean, if you can believe that, they're just four games back in their division. I know, I know, I know. Now, as, as you know, difficult as the schedule has been for the Toronto Blue Jays this season, I wonder if a break might be caught here because the Jose Ramirez, I mean, we're going to see a suspension come down quickly here for Jose Ramirez. Now, that, that doesn't mean he'll serve it during the Blue Jay game. He could appeal it and, you know, things like that could still happen. Could He could still play in this series, but there's definitely a chance that there's no Jose Ramirez in this series for the Cleveland Guardians. And the Guardians are coming off of a home series where they lost two out of three to the lowly White Sox. And that includes yesterday losing, they blew a save. Emmanuel Clase, their all-star closer, blew a save and they got the loss on Sunday. Now this Guardian team, not just the lowest hitting home run team in baseball, it's by far, I mean, no one's even close. No one's even close to as futile with the long ball as this Cleveland Guardians team is. By far their best hitter. I know you're going to think Jose Ramirez, and he's a stud. I love Jose Ramirez, but Josh Naylor, some CanCon, some Canadian content. Josh Naylor hitting 308 on the season, 15 home runs, 79 RBIs, 846 OPS. There's a huge butt here, and I don't mean Josh Naylor has a huge butt. I mean, there's a huge butt to how good Josh Naylor's been, and is it a concern for the Blue Jays in this four-game series? It is not. Because two days ago, he went on the IL. He went on the injured list. And in fact, at that time, the, the Guardians, so so slim pickings for talent right now, they made a trade. They brought in Cole Calhoun. Now, I know you're saying, Craig, are you sure about that? That's, you know, the trade deadline was last week. But Cole Calhoun had not been on an MLB roster this He had not been on a 40-man roster and had not been on an injured uh, list this season. So he was actually eligible to be traded. So, yes, even though it was after the trade deadline, they did pick up Cole Calhoun. And we're going to get to Cole Calhoun in a moment here because – He's been very good against uh, Hyunjin Ryu. We'll get to that in a moment. I mean, the, the Cleveland Indians, you talk about a lowly offense. You talk about an offense I'm just simply not concerned with. The Cleveland Indians over the weekend had Oscar Gonzalez hitting cleanup. Oscar Gonzalez is hitting 227 with a 585 OPS and one home run on the season. I don't know this to be a fact, but I'd be willing to bet money that no team in baseball had anybody at any given time this season with a 585 OPS hitting in their cleanup spot. 
You may remember the Blue Jays played the Guardians in a similar spot here last season. When I say a similar spot, I mean it was the, the end part of a long stretch of many games in a row. Uh, game one, the, the the Blue Jays lost game one by one run uh, where they were uh, one for 10 with runners in scoring position. I know you're saying, Craig, you sure that was last season? That sounds a lot like the 2023 trial. I know, I know. But yes, uh, that, that was game one. Uh, game two was rained out. So games three and four, we had a doubleheader, if you remember that. A game one of the doubleheader was all Blue Jays. It was 8-3. Uh, Alejandro Kirk had a big game. Uh, the Now, unfortunately for the Blue Jays, Rymel Tapia also had a huge game, and, and we know there's no possibility for that in this series. And then in game two of that doubleheader, you might remember a Cleveland ro- or a Cleveland romp that was an 8-2 final. Uh, they hit Ross Stripling all over the place over Stripling's four innings. Then they hit David Phelps. Then they hit Ryan Barucki. Then they hit Casey Lawrence, if you remember that game. And, and by the way, what a difference between last season and this season. What a difference between rosters. That was a that was a Blue Jay team that came to town with Ross Stripling. Love Ross Stripling, but he wasn't pitching well at that time. It was more the beginning of the season. And, of course, David Phelps, long gone. Ryan Baraki, long gone. Casey Lawrence, long gone. And in their place, stud after stud after stud after stud, right, in this Blue Jay bullpen. So quite a different animal coming to town this season, coming to Cleveland, coming to the Cleve, coming to progressive field for the Toronto Blue Jays. Game four of that series, you might remember the the final game. The Blue Jays were looking for the split. They were up three two in the bottom of the eighth, but they would get a, the Indians would get a, sort of the Guardians a bigger part, and the Guardians would get a home run off of Tim Meza, and then they would rally off of Adam Simber, and they would end up winning that game four to three. Now, some definite things to look forward to as far as ballpark wise and Toronto Blue Jay wise. How about George Springer, who we just talked about earlier, red hot. George Springer's got a 928 career OPS at Progressive. He's hit very well at Progressive. Dalton Varshow, we talked about him earlier, had a great weekend. Well, Dalton Varshow played a series in Cleveland last season when he was with Arizona, went four for 12, and there's a long ball in there. Okay, I like it. I like it. There is some glass half empty here. Now, now Vladdy just five for 23 with one home run at Progressive. And Whit Merrifield has played by far. He's probably played as many games at Progressive as all the other Blue Jays combined. I should have added that up, actually, because it's probably true. He's played 53 games at Progressive Field in Cleveland. Now, unfortunately, it's been one of his worst stadiums to hit at. Now, Whit Merrifield's doing great, right? I mean, I'm not exactly concerned about it, but it, it is worth mentioning. Now, coming right up on the Lockdown Blue Jay podcast, we'll deep dive tonight's pitching matchup as Hyunjin Ryu makes his first road start since May 26th of 2022. Now, first, I wanted to mention that this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices, and the path forward isn't always clear. Whether you're dealing with decisions around career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected with what you really want while you're navigating life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. But therapy can be helpful for things like learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries, and it empowers you to be the best version of yourself, and it isn't isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MLB today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MLB. Hyunjin Ryu, man, I mean, welcome back, you know, to, we're going to see him on the road for the first time in a while. I was at his, his, the first game back against Baltimore, what was the last uh, Tuesday, that, that home start against the Orioles. 
The first thing I want to talk about with Hyunjin Ryu, I mean, I'm definitely fascinated to see how is Danny Jansen doing? This is really going to be the litmus test of how Danny Jansen is doing right now. You, they, they held him out, the wrist bothering him. Is it really, really bothering him? Because Danny Jansen, I mean, that's Hyunjin Ryu's catcher. The, the, in his career, Ryu with Alejandro Kirk, it's got four innings. Literally, yeah, four innings. And in those four innings, it was five runs on six hits. Like, as if just the fact that it was only four innings isn't scary enough. It, it was a bad four innings on top of that. So, yeah, it'd be very interesting to see what happens tonight. Hopefully, Danny Jansen's going to be back. This is the 177th start in the career of Hyunjin Ryu. Only the second ever here in Progressive Field in Cleveland. The the first one was as a Blue Jay. It was the end of May in 2021. If you remember that game, it was it was similar to this in that it opened the series. And I say if you remember that game because it, it had terrible weather. The game was called in the seventh inning. Uh, Hyunjin Ryu in that first inning, he gave up. I believe there was two outs. I believe it was a two it was a two run hit uh, to uh, Eddie Rosario, who's now uh, in Atlanta. So <laughs> no threat of any sort of repeat there. And then after that, he cruised uh, through the next four innings. It was eleven to two Blue Jay victory, and uh, it was uh, as I said, also game one of that series. The the I uh, was at his debut. You know uh, the uh, the other day, boy oh boy. For having the open, honest conversation, I'm not sure I really liked what I saw there. Uh, the curveball definitely had its moments, but everything else was just not sharp, was just not effective. He was, uh, it, now, th- this was against a very, an awesome, awesome Baltimore Orioles road team. What the what the Baltimore Orioles are doing this season on the road is absolutely remarkable. It's it's <laughs> it's absolutely remarkable. And, and that's who Ryu was facing in this particular uh, example, right? Now it's the very feeble, in my opinion, right? That, in all due respect, it's very, very pedestrian a Cleveland Guardians offense who are 17 and 22 so far this season versus lefties. Now, so so there he was against a very good Baltimore team, but what my what my issue was, where my disappointment was in Ryu in that first start was the good things that we saw. Now, yeah, of course, it was minor leagues, right? Absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. Worth acknowledging it was in the minor leagues, but I was excited that he was doing so well on the inside corner to righties, the outside corner to lefties. He was really controlling that part of the plate and that had abandoned him. It, it, it was getting worse and worse over his time with the Toronto Blue Jays. So I thought there was some cause for optimism there and there still may be. I mean, do not get me wrong on that, but it's it's certainly worth mentioning that that was not on display. That goodness of that was not on display uh, in game one of this series. Baltimore, the we'll have to look right away in this game because you remember the the top three. I, I mean, like right out the gate and literally first inning because you remember the the top three in Baltimore's order. They were all two for three against Hyunjin Ryu in his debut. He got ten Orioles to to two strikes, struck out three of them. But really, the issue all day was it was sort of predictable. If he was behind in the count, he just doesn't have and didn't have anything overpowering or, or be able to, to get his spot to be able to come back and be competitive in that at bat. When he got behind in the counts against the Baltimore the other day, he absolutely got dealt with. So going to have to be much better tonight. The only uh, current guardians that have faced Ryu, there's only a few. There's Cole Calhoun, there's uh, J-Ram, and there's Miles Straw. Now, Miles Straw just two for seven. J-Ram two for six. Again, right here, right now, we don't know any sort of suspension news about Jose Ramirez, so let's see what happens there. But Cole Calhoun, that's the one, that's the that's the key matchup. That's the Craig's key to, to watch tonight, I'll tell you that. Three for six with a double and a home run, Cole Calhoun versus Hyunjin Ryu. Hmm. Gavin Williams, very interesting. Boy, I think this guy's got a future here. Gavin Williams, he's Cleveland's first-round draft pick from two years ago. He's on the mound 
the big fella. I say big fella. He's six six. He's on the mound for the Indians tonight. Indians. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. The Guardians tonight. Jeez. At, for so much of my life, it was the Cleveland Indians. So I definitely have to wrap my mind around Cleveland Guardians. Now for the rookie Gavin Williams, this is his ninth start. Cleveland five and three in his previous eight starts. I mean, for a team that's under five hundred, five and three, pretty good. And that includes four and one at home. What's interesting there is Gavin Williams has been much more effective. He himself has been much more effective on the road than at home, but they're winning games when, when he pitches at home. All four of the home runs Gavin Williams has allowed this season have been at home. Now, I mentioned five and three. In the three losses, the Guardians have scored two runs, then zero and zero. Are you kidding me? So when this when the big fella has been on the mound for the Guardians, when this rookie has been on the mound for the Guardians and the offense does anything the Guardians have won that game. So, and isn't it worth, I mean, if you're a longtime Blue Jay fan, you're already going to know where I'm going with this, but isn't it worth mentioning that don't the Toronto Blue Jays typically struggle versus mightily, in fact, versus rookies? I feel like the Blue Jays always make young, you know, first, second, third, you know, uh, guys with not a lot of experience look like Cy Young. So I'm a little bit nervous about that aspect of it. In a four to two home loss, to Atlanta back in early July, Williams allowed three solo home runs. Now, worth mentioning, in the five starts since then, Gavin Williams has not allowed a long ball. So the Toronto Blue Jays, who who brought their long ball hitting shoes with them to Fenway Park, not sure that it's going to be as available here. Going to, going to probably have to, at least in this first game, going to probably have to put some good at-bats together, string some hits together to score off Gavin Williams. Gavin Williams runs his fastball up there. He's got the four-seamer. He runs it up there in the mid-90s. Mid to high 90s, it's by far his top pitch. Righties will see his slider. Lefties will see his curveball. Lefties will see his changeup. He's totally dominated. With that fastball and slider, he's totally dominating right-handers right now. So we'll have to watch Vlad tonight. Uh, we'll have to watch Springer tonight. The Now, to, to the lefties, can't imagine Kevin Kiermaier will be playing, right, with those fresh stitches there. But for Brandon Belt, for Varsho, I, I would imagine that we see Kevin Biggio in the lineup tonight. For those guys, the key tonight is going to be to really have an eye force Gavin Williams to come into the strike zone for one reason or the other. He's not been able to come into the strike zone. He's, he's walking a lot of lefties, dominating righties, walking lefties. So for those lefties today, and, and, and I mean, that's right up Brandon Belt's alley, right? You're talking about somebody who I can get a walk off of Craig. Okay. Consider me excited. That's right up this guy's alley. In fact, let's go ahead and predict right now that Brandon Belt's going to have at least one walk tonight, right? That, that writing's on the wall. Let's predict that one right now. But for the for the righties, that's going to be the interesting matchups tonight. Now, I would think that the Blue Jays should take at least two of the four games to finish in this series to finish the road trip at a very impressive five and two. And to be honest with you, with the Cleveland Guardians team being, I mean, again, I'm going to use the word pedestrian. I don't even it's the word that comes to mind when I think of this Guardians team pedestrian. And on top of that, they're missing Josh Naylor. And we're going to see we're going to have to see what happens with Jose Ramirez. This could well be a three out of four scenario for the Toronto Blue Jays. That's a wrap for Monday's Locked On Blue Jays podcast episode. Reminder that tonight's game is available, of course, on SiriusXM. For now, keep it locked on the Locked On Podcast Network and check out Sully hosting Locked On MLB. Go Jays go, and we'll talk tomorrow.